Welcome to episode number 33 of Developer Melange, the podcast about developing software in the 21st century, directly from Vienna, Austria. Developer Melange brings you regular discussions about everything software development. You can find us online on developermelange.com and you can follow us on Twitter via at devmelange, that's dev, M-E-L-A-N-G-E. We are very keen on learning what you think about this show or the podcast itself. So please reach out for us on Twitter or leave your comments on our website. We appreciate all of your feedback. If you'd like to pay for our drinks in a future episode, please contact us. And now, here are your hosts. My name is Christian Haas. I'm a developer who embraces extreme programming. I am Peter Kovler, the Code Cop. Obviously, I'm fanatic about clean code. And today's guest is Lisi Hocke. Hi, Lisi. Hi there. Nice. Hello. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Lizzie, you're a testing principal and keynote speaker on all things testing. And since last year, you are even most influential agile testing professional person. Oh, that's really a cool uh, title. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I think we met first uh, 2018 when you did your testing tour. Is that right? I think that's correct. Yeah, yes, that's we time. prepare together. Time flies. So would you, um, I think that's a good topic to start. Would you explain for our listeners what this testing tool thing is or what you did there? Yeah, so back in 2018, I paired with a lot of other testers and developers on you know, a, a plethora of topics, um, always in short sessions. So I got inspired by coding tours as are quite known in the software crafter community, um, I sort of built upon that idea plus other inspirations I had and uh, went on a testing tour instead. Honestly, that was one of the best things I ever did. Uh, I learned a lot together with other people and uh, I could uh, use that knowledge that I gained back in 2018 also during the last year and even experiment further. What's the rationale? Like did you think I need more learning or, or why did you do that? Yeah, it was based on a challenge I had. So my personal challenge was that I usually, or for most of my career, I was a lone tester in my company. So there was no one to learn from, no mentor or uh, a more experienced person who did testing uh, longer than me. So my knowledge was based on uh, knowledge from books, from the community. So I found a lot of people very active on Twitter, uh, sharing great resources, uh, where I also could have learned, learned a lot from them. But still, I wondered over the years, like, how am I doing as a tester? I mean, am I doing things right? Are there better ways? Uh, what, more, what more is there? And where am I standing? So my challenge was to become a better skilled tester, but how to do that? And I thought, what if I go on a tour similar to those coding tours, but just focus on testing and pair up with lots of different people from the community and also from my own company um, in short sessions on various topics to, to see where I am, to practice together with other people, to get inspired to learn more. And that's exactly what I did. And in the end, as I said, this was one of the best experiences I ever had. 
testing is probably as big as the, the development field itself. Would you say it's also fragmented or it's considered fragment like fragmented as it is in development? For instance, you have the front-end developers and the back-end developers and whatnot. So are there different fields of testers then as well? Um, I think there's there are different fields of expertise um, mm. that are in itself very huge, like when it comes to security, when it comes to mm. performance or accessibility. These are huge areas of expertise in itself, or mobile testing. Um, but the fragmentation... I'd say these kind of tests, they still share a lot of knowledge and they're still, or I feel they're still in the same community. I see more fragmentation when it comes to the environment uh, where, we, where people are located in. Uh, some people are still working in very traditional uh, environments and organizations, maybe even still very waterfallish um, with traditional hierarchies. Other people are really on, you know, cutting edge scenarios. Um, even beyond DevOps, I would say. So here I see the most fragmentation, which is why, especially in testing, things are very context-driven. And uh, yeah, context is king, basically. Okay, so that there is n no such thing as a full-stack tester then? There could be. I mean, okay. the, the, but that comes back to the question, what is full-stack? I mean, we <laughs> had long conversations about that also with my own team, so... <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, testing itself is rather an activity. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a whole discussion around roles and titles and, and skills related. Um, I'm not too fond on pinning people on, on titles or roles. Well, we need to get the work done, right? We need the expertise to deliver quality product, whatever that means, in your context. And uh, I'm focused on testing, yes, I bring in that special expertise into my team, but it's not meaning I'm the only one testing, mm. and it shouldn't. So if you, if you go away from roles or titles or perhaps even certificates, what, what's, the, what's in your opinion the, the core quality of a tester? That is say, okay, this person is, is test-focused or capable of doing the tests for a product. The, this is also a very frequent question. If I had to pin it down to one thing, then it would be the drive to continuously learn. For me, testing is a lot about learning. Continuously learn how the product behaves, but also how we can have, for example, faster feedback loops in the process, mm -hmm. how people interact on, on various areas, not only the software we're testing. But if you're really willing to learn and curious to learn more that's for me the core skill you need to thrive in testing not only in testing of course but that's sort of the essential part in my eyes mm -hmm. other skills of course help as well like critical thinking um, right, right. And, and more but learning for me is the base and then you can achieve a lot of stuff coming from development or i'm a developer so i'm, I'm curious about testing and getting more foundation let's call it this way and another thing that was complementary from skill sets was also about the ability to communicate because issues or bugs at least uh, are a delicate topic so who caused it and de depends also on your culture as a tester you have to walk uh, treat lightly to, to communicate these things right yeah it's um it's a very important skill i totally agree because 
usually um, it's very or it's very easy to fall into the habit of only delivering the bad news, right? As a tester, mm. um, but nobody wants that. Not even us. I mean, that's that's not a very nice way to see it. Even if we, if people think like you know, get the most pessimistic person and uh, employ them as testers. <laughs> that, that's the. I mean, it might still work, but it's not the only thing. Um, the key here is to work together and, and focus on what, what do we want to achieve in the end. And we need, we need those insights to build a more quality uh, or more valuable product in the end. But that includes also the good stuff. The thing that's really working well, something that really just deserves praise, let's also communicate that. That's just as important to have those conversations and also maybe something inspires a new idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe a new feature, something that would help the user even better. Or maybe we have a, a question. So there's communication on all sides and not only delivering bad news. Um, because, yeah, nobody really likes hearing that something doesn't work. Given that answers, it seems more likely that there is a full-stack tester than a full-stack developer. Like this, these things, they are very like maybe attitudes or mindsets. But now for a developer, the attitude is also very important, of course. But it's also like the technical skills are, are like for the for the stack. So I'm not full stack if I can't do database queries or whatever it is. But you could have the same attitude and test everything, right? Um, usually, as tests, we need to have a very holistic view. So um, that's, for example, where I see also a lot of overlap with the with the DDD community, domain-driven design, because some things are really going into architecture as well. Um, I think it's crucial to understand the system you're testing in in order to really find the surprises and the risks that are that we haven't discussed about, right? Because it's often about finding or seeing the white space, basically. Not only what we expect, how it should behave, but also to find... Um, where it behaves in ways that, you know, you that's undesirable or that's just not expected that we should, where we have to make informed decisions how to move on. And that requires a lot of understanding on, on many areas um, where it helps me that I'm more, more of a generalist than a specialist, which sort of complements than the specific uh, knowledge that my teammates bring, for example. But that's my specific case. I also know of other testers who bring very deep knowledge in, in different areas that can be as valuable. So it can be very diverse where you dive in as a tester regarding the knowledge area or the, the expertise area. Oh, that's like like for a developer. Exactly. And as you said, if I'm doing performance testing, it's probably I understand a lot about CPUs and network and Typical patterns of performance, anti-patterns. And again, it's, testing is an activity uh, to find out information, to learn about the system. Uh, I'm not, I mean, developers, hopefully, also test. And testers can also develop, right? It's, as I said, I'm, I'm not bound to roles. It's more about the perspective you're bringing in, the mindset you're bringing in, and sort of the hat you're putting on. And if you have to switch between both all the time, that's, that requires a lot of discipline. I mean, it can also work, but it requires a lot of discipline. So what we usually try is to have another person look at it. 
no matter their role, but at least another person, at best even up to three other persons, <laughs> bringing in a more diverse perspective from, from different angles um, to cover, yeah, to, to cover the aspects that are really important for our product. Okay, so at, at minimum, have more people look at it. Would, let's say, a, a tester and developer work together. So what would a developer ideally also have to support in, in the overall activity of combining tester and developer? Um, honestly, my answer is the same. I think mm. if you're all open to learn more and open to learn also things that might have been considered not traditionally my business, sort of, you know? So, like, going across role that I might have as a mental model in my head, that's for me the first most important step. But you mentioned pairing up developers and testers, and I really love that uh, scenario, mm. because usually that adds those perspectives at the just in time together, and you find a lot of things just in time when you need it, can instantly correct it, can retest. The feedback loop in this case is very, very small. And uh, we can instantly drive the product in, in a direction we, we all want to have it. So this is a great way to reduce all that traditional you know, ping pong, back and forth, mm. waiting times, all that kind of stuff. And it brings in both perspectives and knowledge. Maybe uh, let's get back on the tour. So you, you said like challenge, you wanted to learn something, but also you wanted to like compare yourself. And I would say a tour is uh, great also for comparing yourself. Even Corey Haynes said that about his original pair programming tour. That's, that's one thing you know. What other people know, what you know. Uh, that's, that's really nice. So what did you do? Like how many sessions? Was it successful? Uh, how would you describe it? So I planned this tour for the course of 10 months. And I wanted to pair with at least six different people, have at least 10 different sessions. Um, but things went pretty quickly, very well. So in the end, I ended up with like 25 sessions with 22 people in, in these 10 months. And um, you can see the results uh, for yourself on my blog. So I have one blog post uh, per session, plus, of course, a summary and a conclusion. Um, what I learned from this tour overall. And of course, I also had to evaluate my hypothesis. Like, did I really become a better skill test tester? Did it, did it work? Was it a viable experiment, basically? And when I look back at uh, what I wanted to achieve with this tour, I really had to tick all those points that, that I aimed for. And in the end, I had really to say, yes, I'm better today, definitely. Um, it, it's always a relative com comparison, right? You can only compare yourself with yourself, usually. And I really noticed over these 10 months, I got into touch with a lot more topics. I also got a lot more confidence because I saw how other people approached it, where I'm having similar approaches, learned new ones, I learned new tools. I could even teach this knowledge then further to my colleagues. Uh, so for me, it was as I said, one of the best things that I did. Um, and I could fully, fully say, yes, I'm a better skill tester afterwards. It even felt like it was like a jump start for your career. From then on, you had more talks and even keynote uh, 
talks and also in your company. Do you think that's connected? Um, I think it's connected with two other things that sort of happened around the same time. The first one was I changed companies. Um, so I'm back now in a, in a full product company in a position where I can really thrive and learn a lot of stuff where I have a lot of autonomy and freedom and a great team around me. Um, so that scenario itself, like this work environment helped. Plus getting to uh, get, getting the chance to attend conferences, finding a learning partner there with whom I sort of had the deal to take on these personal challenges, getting into speaking at conferences. Everything, um, everything set up an environment where I could really thrive. And that was the moment when I came up with the testing tour, which also connected me to a lot more people in our community. And access to this larger network alone is worth it. Because now I really paired with those people, which is not, it's not only a chat, a short chat over lunch at a conference. No, we did like a 90 minute session, maybe. It's not much, right? It doesn't require much time, but we actually work together on a topic and it connects us a lot in a lot of different ways. So now I can ask them any, anything else, basically, because I know them a lot better. I know what they're working with. I know their expertise. And uh, whenever I have now a question, for example, about um, accessibility. I know at least two persons I can reach out to instantly who will probably give me a lot more insight. So yes, I would say all this together had quite a momentum on my career. And were these, uh, these sessions, like 90 minutes, were they remote or were they also in person? Um, many of them were remote, um, mm -hmm. but I also had local ones, uh, for example, with, um, with my colleagues. I had two colleagues joining this tour as well. Uh, with one person, uh, Lisa Crispin, I had the chance to to pair locally because we've been both at the same conference. Although we're not living at the same location, it was just coincidence that we could do it um, locally. But most of them were remotely, and it worked actually really well. I, I read that you that you had it comparatively easy to get in contact with various people, because in in, in contrast, I've. I heard experiences from developers trying to do a tour and they had difficulties finding some peers and even companies where they would be accepted. So what was your, what was your, let's say, key to the people in these companies and that they are open for these pairings? Um, I think the key was the first people I paired with because, um, so the very first one um, that also inspired me to really formulate this whole testing tour challenge and, and go on that tour. First one I paired with was uh, Mare Poyeri, and I'm sure I'm not getting her name wrong, really correctly pronounced, um, but she's an awesome tester from Finland. And uh, I, I met her at a conference. Um, I joined her mob testing tutorial. And we got into, well, we got talking. And she, she shared, actually, that she's pair testing with lots of different testers. And I got really intrigued. So she was one of the major uh, inspirations uh, besides uh, Lisa Crispin as well and uh, South Freudenberg um, that made me start on this tour. And she happened to be also the first peering partner. And she's very well known. So, of course, I tweeted about the session. I had my blog post. And I asked for more people who would like to collaborate with me on this. 
Uh, and one of the next ones was then also Lisa Crispin, who I also got lucky to know before. Um, she's also very well known <laughs> and also retweeted. And from then on, more and more people even reached out to me directly and said like, hey, this sounds interesting. Can I be part of it? So it was luckily um, quite easy for me to find more people then. And with every new partner, with every new tweet, more people got to know it because people then also shared it in, in the community. And was it perhaps a snowball effect, like people that were inspired to make their own tour tours then from your example? Did this spread out and, and the network growing bigger? Or was it rather an, a sort of a one-off with you as the, the primary person? Um, I really hoped I could inspire other people. And in the end, it also worked out. Um, I started, I, I have a talk about this whole testing tour, how things went uh, hoping to inspire more people uh, because it was so valuable for me. And I gave it last year at uh, Taskbash Brighton, which already triggered the first tours coming up. So last year, uh, for example, uh, I had Jem Hill going on a testing tour focused on security testing, and uh, others also joined her. And this beginning of this year, even more people uh, joined on, the, on this track, and um, they're also now pairing up with lots of different people, blogging about it. And I hope they again will inspire even more. So it's, it's a sl slow snowball still, but it started. <laughs> Sounds good. So in, because I'm, I'm already in, in the back of my head being curious about whether or not developers would also be accepted. So Absolutely. <laughs> in, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, and and we did that. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. So I, I, I was the only person who made it into your tour twice, right? Or three times even. So. Three times even, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm honored. And and you talked about Maret. So Maret is of course awesome and I hope to have her later in this podcast also. And I wanted to compare that to uh programming tour which is like the the, uh, the journeyman tour but now journeyman is not a term for coders so also what you did in a way uh, not in a way it just is under the term of journeyman tour but for coders i think having the short sessions that you did makes it more uh, like accessible when i wanted to pair two or three days maybe that's that's a bigger investment and when you don't know the people it's it's maybe a trust issue but for two hours like I think that's a problem it also helps yeah. yeah that that was also one of the considerations because i got really intrigued by this concept but just going off for several weeks visiting different companies is just not possible for me because i'm fully employed and for for that It, it sounded like a too big investment, a too big step to do for experimenting with my personal development. And then I thought, why can't it also work in a small way, like really lightweight, start small and see how it goes. And this is why I came up then with the 90-minute session, because after 90 minutes or two hours, you usually start losing focus anyway. Um, but there, it's still at this limit where you can integrate it in a in a normal workday, without problems, mm. or at a weekend. It's not too much effort, especially mm. for the people joining in. Yeah. I mean, for me, of course, I, I prepared and I follow up and uh, wrote 
the, the blog post, but still trying to limit the effort needed for each session. Yeah. And you also stretched it over like 10 months, right? Um, so that maybe made it easier. We talked about the tournament tour already in uh, podcast 18 um, of this, like in episode 18 of this podcast. So who should do a tournament tour? The answer was, of course, everybody should. <laughs> uh, and this is, a, would say, it's a different approach. I like you said, it's like lightweight tour, which is probably remote because for two hours you wouldn't go anywhere so it's most of the time remote still i'm wondering if this is an option for coding because often two hours is not even enough to understand the environment we are dealing here uh, when i started the tour when i did it myself often it took me four hours to get into the context of what we want to do but it was different for you. Um, I mean, for the scope of yeah. testing then. I mean, it depended on the session. Some sessions really, well, opened huge areas, huge topics like accessibility. Um, so here you can sort of only get your toes wet unless you do follow-up sessions. Um, for example, what we did, we paired on security testing, which is also a huge area, right? But we said, hey, this is interesting. Maybe let's have another one. And yeah, that was fun too. Let's have another one. And I think this could also be something that uh, could work when it comes to code. Um, maybe to stretch it out across different sessions. Of course, you need a bit of a time again to, to get into the context. But why not have maybe a two-hour session um, every second day? I guess it's because you're less concerned about what the exact problem is going to be solved, but rather you're focusing on the techniques, on the practices, on, on the approaches that you take. So when you say, for instance, accessibility or security testing, what kind of tools do you use? How do you apply them? This might be also a slight rephrasing or refocusing when you do a coder tour, for instance, instead of looking exactly how the thing should be implemented, like the correct algorithms or whatnot, it's rather how you use the tools, what tools you employ, how you approach the whole thing. Um, that, that's a good point. So last year, I actually focused on coding. Uh, so I had also paired sessions on coding. And the, one of the most valuable parts here when pairing up with others was to learn about their approaches to solve problems. Because these could, oftentimes these were quite generic and you could transfer them also to, to other problems um, that you faced. And this was, it was very interesting to see different people approach it differently. Um, even if it's just, you know, what to type in a Google search. Mm -hmm. Coming down to small things like that, but it was still invaluable to see, to see it from a different perspective. Because, yeah, on my own, I wouldn't have come to that. Like, you know, even if I was that close, I wouldn't have found it. And I paired with one developer who was like just instantly finding something I was looking for for days. And I was like, how did you do that? And then he explained the approach and what to look for. Same with debugging problems. That was also very interesting. Different people seeing um, or taking different steps when it comes to debugging. So approaches and, and tools that can help. Um, that could be really a topic for, for tour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
because this this for me then makes it viable for for like like I said sessions remote sessions even then whereas you still work together on on something and the byproduct is that each of each of the participants learns something yes i think that's the important part that both learn something so it's mm. not one way it's both ways at the same time it's like uh, you could also say it um, could relate to peer mentoring but very very hands on and i think that's a different way how we learn things if we do it hands on on a concrete example um for example for some um we also i also had some practice sessions where we just said okay let's just practice together let's uh For example, we both usually test web apps. Uh, let's just take any of them and see what we find. And alone, that very usual scenario uh, in an area where we both used to just to practice what we do inspired so many new ideas and, and things that we could use. And also here again, you see the approaches other people are taking that might not be the thing that we repeat all the time. And sometimes, especially in testing, you have to try to not get blind to things, but really find new ways of dis tackling different things, because otherwise you will always find only the same problems and nothing else. Mm. So this this uh, somewhat gives new ideas about tours. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what would you say, what's the level? Of course, that's always the question, also the question I got. What's the level uh, one needs to have To make such a tour like reasonable uh... my initial gut feeling would be as long as you're a few months into the job or into this position then it's already viable maybe it could also be viable before i i just didn't think that through yet maybe it would even be viable for let's say a university student who's um, on their first working student job or even maybe before could could be i don't know maybe maybe someone needs to try this out But from the experience that I had, um, it could work if we are having the same level. It could work very well if we're having very diverse levels, no matter on which side. And uh, this is something that I really want to stress. I don't think this is only for seniors. I don't think that's only for juniors to learn from others. This is a really bi-directional way. And I strongly, I strongly believe that we can learn from everyone. We, we need to be open for it, of course. But I strongly believe I can learn from everyone. And the testing tour itself was one of those uh, eye-openers in that direction. Thank you. So it's uh, time for our local events. <laughs> local and online events, yes. Lo local online events. So what <laughs> is local online event? Um, I found... Uh, something interesting so there is a, a security company in vienna and um, i'll put it to their links then and they are selling trainings and they're also running their conference uh sec for death i think was the name uh in vienna and when all this lockdown started they changed kind of their approach and there is a, a lunch and learn session by them online for free every second day for half an hour with security topics and it was like uh, serious with slides and so good prepared it's not just i don't know fooling around it's not wasting your time that that was pretty interesting 
still going or was it over for I think it's still going it's like Mm -hmm. they start maybe they already had it before and I didn't see it but it's really going strong it's every second day Uh, it's like online academy and it's of course it's only teaser talks right so it's half an hour about security of uh, single page web apps or half an hour about uh, testing IoT devices so it's very short but I liked it it's like good introduction or an overview of stuff if you want to know more, you can always buy a full training, and that's valid, I guess. So that's that's okay. It's a security meetup in 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 Vienna. They, I think they used to run also in-person meetups, but not that frequently. So it's a regular meetup, and now they changed the mode. It was quite interesting. Uh, it also seems that there is a date for the global day. Fixed almost. A global uh, code retreat, or what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will not say it here because I haven't seen it communicated by the team of the global day. But I think they they fixed on on. A, well, it will be a Saturday in November anyway, so it's uh, not uh, not not that many options. So that's happening, and there is something new, which is uh, kind of mob retreat. Have you heard of that? No, a mob retreat. Um, I think the idea is to have it like a code retreat, but it's the mob. So it's uh, the focus is also to practice the mob programming now in a remote way because everything is remote. And it seems they are preparing for a global mob day already in, uh, I think, in. June, that still be okay. So, uh, global day of more programming. <laughs> yeah, and and they are running already. They started running practice sessions, and I think it started because Woody Sur, the the guy who like uh, pop made it known more programming. I'm not sure I, I pronounce his name correctly. Do you know him, Lizzie? Yes, I do. Lizzie. I'm together with him on the program team for more programming conference. Yeah, so is it like Woody Sur? What's his name? I'm also not too sure about oh, okay. the so. <laughs> uh, so, so he was uh, preparing for some conference, and the weeks to the conference, he was running the mob programming remote for free, I guess, to get uh, get some experience how it would be on the conference. It was also remote. It was last month. And kind of it spawned from that that there, there are happening more mob activities here. And I will definitely find the link and put it into the notes. A lot of them are showing up these days and uh, more people get inspired to try it out themselves uh, remotely. And thanks to our setups, it's very easily done and very accessible this way. So if you want to try more programming, these days you have a lot of chance to do so with lots of different people. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Lizzie, what would you want to advertise for yourself? We also offer you one minute of, of advertising space on this podcast. Okay, that's an interesting question. Um, okay, so when it comes to my blog, it's where I sort of post what I learned on my way, on my journey, and hope that it inspires other people um, for their experiments, whatever they might be. Uh, one thing that I recently published is 
a guide into public speaking, speaking at conferences. Just it's a collection of advice that helped me in my context. So again, take it with a grain of salt. But this hopefully can um, can make this more accessible to more people. How to get into conferences, how to get into speaking, how to prepare presentations. Again, just showing my way, but it hopefully gives an idea of that can of how can, that can be done. Um, because for me, that was my entrance to uh, a whole lot of knowledge out there, and also a whole lot of a, a large network. And again, as I said earlier, networks can really be beneficial for all kinds of things. So I was told I have a story to share too. That was Lisa Crispin who said that to me back in 2015. And it took me two more years, but there it was. And I strongly believe since then, everybody has a story to tell. Whatever it is, I'd like to hear it and to learn from everybody. So in case there's something holding people back, maybe this guy can help. You can check it out for yourself. If uh, speaking is not... Um, your favorite topic right now i'm on a, another personal challenge it's all around security and telling security stories so there's a lot more coming up on my blog uh, in the next month if you're interested in security all right then so thank you lizzie for being with us thanks for having me and on that note we say thank you also and we'll hear and see each other again for another cup of delicious developer melange <laughs>